Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Oh, hey, all you band geeks and acapella dorks. This is the week for you. Hey, everybody, Kevin Goatee, gutting the sacred cow. Well, finally, someone made me break down and watch a film I had no desire to see, and that is Pitch Perfect. Who is that person? Lana Schwartz. That's who. She's going to make me watch a film that, you know what, let's go in with an open mind because this is something that would be nowhere near my radar whatsoever. And so who do I help recruit to get me to sit through this? Why, band geek slash glee TV show fan extraordinaire Kevin Israel is going to sit down and see if Pitch Perfect really is worse than that Red Sox Jimmy Fallon film, Fever Pitch. Because you think I'm going to watch a film with Jimmy Fallon that deals with the Red Sox? Actually, let's narrow that down. Do you think I'm going to watch a film about the Boston Red Sox? No. Well, let's see if Lana Schwartz gets me to her side to say that Pitch Perfect is Pitch Poopy. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I'm all Glenn Gary for me and my friend here, and if you tell that bartender to go extra easy in the water, this 50 cent piece has your name all over it. Now I'll be timing you. One, two, three. Kevin Israel. Oh, everyone. The, let me tell you, everyone thinks that you're full time back. I love that rumor, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I know. I get Delvin Cox messages me every time I do an episode. And he's like, you're teasing us. And I'm like, I come back once a month, once a month. That's what you need to know. It's it's more than, but that's fine. All right, whatever. Kevin Israel, uh, what what film is that from? I have no idea. You said something about Glenn Gary. So I was going to say Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but a I have Glenn Gary is a drink. No, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Lana Schwartz is our guest tonight. Lana, I'll give you a second read so maybe you can catch that. I'm all Glenn Gary for my friend and my, me and my friend here. And if you tell that bartender to go extra easy on the water, this 50 cent piece has your name on it. Now I'll be timing you. One, two, three. My only guess is risky business. No, we actually just did that on the podcast. Uh, the answer, Kevin Israel, it's a little off the beaten path, but I know you've seen that film is Swingers. Uh, I haven't seen Swingers in a long, long time. Really? Wow. I, thought <laughs> no, that... I, I, I bet it's over 10 years. 
Good God. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel here. We are back gutting the sacred cow, the best damn movie review slash movie debate podcast out there where we invite guests to pick a film they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. But here's a twist. The film must be one of these criteria widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. Why do I say that? Because YouTube algorithm needs some kind of description. Okay. Let's introduce our guest. Alana Schwartz has chosen a film that I know is going to anger all the female listeners, eight of you, and the musical nerd component they may or may not have, and that is mm-hmm. 2012's Pitch Perfect, a budget at the time of 17 million bucks, a box office haul of 115.4 million bucks. Turn that into 2023 money, 22 and a half million dollar budget, 152.8 million dollar gross. Pretty solid ROI there, KI. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad for a movie about kids singing. Yeah, <laughs> those theater geeks showed up in full force for this one. IMDb, as we all know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. My guest, Lana Schwartz, what do you think Pitch Perfect scored on the old IMDb? Mm. Uh, 8.7. 8.7. Kevin Israel. 7.1. One of you is dead nuts on and has won both both showcases on the fabulous prices right. Kevin Israel, come on now! on the note. I haven't gotten one of those in a while. No, man, those are the tougher ones, too. Critics, Rotten Tomatoes, as we know, that scale is 1 through 100. (laughs) I'll go to you, Kevin Israel. What did the critics give Pitch Perfect? 79. 79. Lana Schwartz. 82. Ooh, you two are just goose-stepping around it. It's right smack in the middle. 81%. 81%. All right. All right. All right. Nice. I go back to you, Lana Schwartz. What mm-hmm. did the audience give this film? Rotten Tomatoes, same scale, 1 through 100. I'm going to say 74. Kevin Israel. 85. 83. Wow. Ah. Audience and critics, Dan Near Simpatico. Quotes My dad says, if not, we're not going to win, get the hell out of Iraq. I don't know why that caught me, but it made me laugh. <laughs> DJs, you know, the deaf Jews. <laughs> Thought that was clever. Uh, last one. I asked for hot Bellas, not a barnyard explosion. <laughs> Lana Schwartz, what quotes jumped mm-hmm. out at you? Okay, because I, uh, I feel like the reason why I picked this, part of why I picked this is because I remember the cultural sensation around it so well. And part of why I picked it is because I remember the quotes – but then rewatching it, I didn't feel like the quotes were that great. Like when Amy's like, oh, sometimes I think I could do crystal meth. And then I think mm, better not like that's I feel like a big quote from the movie that stood out at me. And then uh, when she gets hit by the burrito and says, I've been shot, mm-hmm. you know, that All also right. was a big one. Yeah. And then um, I feel like there was. Well, oh, and then she says that she calls herself fat Amy. So skinny. Skinny bitches don't say it behind her back. A lot of Skinny twig, lot of twig bitches. Skinny twig bitches. <laughs> a lot of Rebel Wilson uh, in there. Yeah. I remember those being like the quotes and me thinking, do I think these 
are good quotes. Yes and no. Kevin Israel, what jumped out at you, pal? Women are about as good at acapella as they are at being doctors. <laughs> um, organized nerd singing. Uh, and and I had twig bitches. And then the one quote that I thought was like, uh, with Lana's point, like a famous quote was, not a good enough reason to use the word penetration. Mm-hmm. Five fun facts. Apparently, some wires got crossed when Divine, that's the lead guy from the tr- Troublemakers, mm-hmm. was called into audition. That or Divine has embellished the story of casting a little bit. He said that he thought Pitch Perfect was a baseball movie and had not prepared a song for his audition. I don't believe that for one second. Now he should fire his agent if that's true. Right. <laughs> and besides, no one who watches sports would ever have has ever heard the term pitch perfect when discussing baseball. As a baseball right. aficionado, this doesn't happen. So on the spot, he decided to choose to sing the theme song from what show? Full House. <laughs> Not a bad I audible. For, I was hoping for gummy bears. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool if he just did the instrumental for Knight Rider. Where <laughs> you got the touch. That would yes. be very, very acapella-esque, you know? Yes. Or if he just recited the voiceover for the A-team in 1972. Number two, Amy Poehler and Kristen Wiig were considered for Elizabeth Banks' role. I should have made you try and guess that one. Mm. While Becca's at the college fair, students are playing Quidditch in the background. Oh, Nerds! wow. <laughs> it angers me when you see them playing a fake game like that and they gallop on broomsticks. The whole I've never, war. I've, you've seen people playing Quidditch? Oh, there is a park by my house where I go running or I go on my bike. Big open field, rugby, go, not rugby, I'm sorry. Um, cricket, they have, it's a cricket field. I've I've seen people put up the hoops and they run around like they're oh galloping my God. on fake horses. I would horses. videotape that all day long. I put it up there and I made fun of it. And one woman goes, "At least they're not on their phones or playing video games." To which I say, "I think that'd actually be preferred." <laughs> Number four, Cups was never supposed to be in the soundtrack. Anna uh, Anna Kendrick told Collider she heard about the song through Reddit, and after the producer saw her perform it. They ditched her weird I'm a little teacup performance in place of that. Oh, I'd like to see that. Esther Dean, number five, who plays Cynthia Rose, is a major force in the music industry. She has co-written songs for everyone from Beyonce to Katy Perry. She performs Rihanna's S&M in the riff off, a song she helped write in real life. <laughs> Tell me she has a, a writer's credit for that. And I'll say, which private island in the Caribbean do you own? Mm-hmm. I could see that these were not as fun facts for you as I thought. They I, was, I had yeah. a very good time. I was having fun on the inside. Oh. All right. Yeah, I enjoyed them. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, they were a stretch for me to try and find ones that were not the same ones over and over. Let's go to mm-hmm. Ask a Gutter. Mm-hmm. At Ken Bjorn Turner Bjorn the Viking. Why does someone hate uh, Pitch Perfect? Because maybe because they hate music. Question mark. Hate creativity. <laughs> I I will say that's very funny because I love music and I think that's why initially this movie appealed to me because of the music aspect. Um I don't like the movie because I think it's really mean. 
Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Which I'll get Next. into more later, but yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. You you definitely heard the show. Save it yeah. for the good stuff. Yeah. Next one at Newark Night. Good old Brandon Oglesby. It's missed. It's been a little bit for it since we saw you, buddy. Missed you. Does the story stand on its own, or is it carried by people's love for the song list? See, mm. I think this movie. If you were to put, if you wanted to make a time capsule of 2012, you would show someone this movie. So I think what stands it st- it like is such a perfect encapsulation of our culture at the time. Do those songs hold up? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His his follow up question is. Mm. I know the gutter thinks this movie is overrated. Does that extend to the cast as well? And if so, why? Um, I think that the cast like is okay. Very okay cast. And I think that is demonstrated by what each of them have gone on to continue to do. Ooh. I like yeah. that. Good points. At Pedestrian, man, this one is hard to talk about. The legions of acapella that followed in its wake, <laughs> just the worst. <laughs> Statement, but not a question. Nonetheless, <laughs> enjoyed it. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. At Nemirovsky, uh, if the studio released a cut of the film with the live performances by the actors, no overdubbing or auto-tune, would this film actually be funny? No. No. <laughs> Why do I think you were going to say that long? <laughs> call me a call me a soothsayer at Rex Crumb. I believe this is the movie that truly unleashed Rebel Wilson upon America. <laughs> what would you give Australia to, Australia to take her back and keep her? Um, you know, um, I feel like it hasn't been a concern because she's not like as a much of a force as she once was you know i think we yeah. can broker an agreement like um like a peace treaty or like divorced parents you know i think that would be fine at this point based we'll on what she's up to we'll send her back along with a copy of young einstein and crocodile dundee's two and three young einstein oh like um, man yeah. yahoo's exactly. serious yeah the one and only yeah. <laughs> send send those two sequels of crocodile dundee back along with her i think we have ourselves a fair trade we'll keep nicole kidman she's still uh, very much a, a yes. veritable force mm-hmm. next at joe loves kim is this the right place for, to seek validation for loving cups miss me when i'm gone in parentheses Ten times more than my wife and five-year-old? No. No. Wrong wrong place. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like the cut of your gym. I do. <laughs> like, no, sorry, Joe. Fuck off. We got it. No, no, that I find that uh I find the cups thing. Um we'll get into it later. I, I fully believe it. And that's gonna close Ask a Gutter. Pretty uh I guess people are gonna sit hopefully they don't sit this one out. I thought this was a great choice because musicals usually don't find their way onto this podcast unless of course the sole reason to torture me and here we are so on to the plug section because hey no one listens to the end of podcast lana shorts what are you up to where can we Uh, find you so you can find me on instagram at character actress lana schwartz and on twitter at underscore lana bell i i don't know why i chose my handles like this um i have a book that you can buy it's called build your own romantic comedy. Other than that, just generally <laughs> performing around 
New York City, that sort of thing. I have a monthly show, Francis and Lewis, that is taking a little bit of a break, but should be back in later this summer. KevinIsrael.com. I know that's a hot spot for all shenanigans, debauchery, tomfoolery, and general horseplay. Um, that's about it. That's where my dates are. I got some uh some July and August dates coming in, and then uh looking forward to a busier fall as comedy pick backs up, picks back up. We love when you write those five-star ratings for Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast, so please do so on all your five-star ratings, two or three-sentence reviews. You know the drill. On all your podcast platforms of choice, YouTube, just do us a favor and smash that like button and like all the social media posts. It's so dumb, but it really does help the algorithm. Gutting the Sacred Cow at gmail.com. And, of course, Gutting the Sacred Cow if you wish to buy a sweet-ass hat, coffee mug, shirt, hoodie, I don't know, thong bag for Kevin Israel. There he is. He's got his coffee mug right there. I should be wearing my shirt too, but I'm not. That's cool. Guttingthesacredcow.com. Kevin Israel, I think Lana is ready to come out here and uh, just bust her hymen, metaphorically, of course. <laughs> wow. On wow. this. Uh, that's why I said metaphorically. Call HR. <laughs> I am HR. Remember Judge Dredd? <laughs> I am <laughs> I am HR. What a terrible film. <laughs> Let's have her come out here and do what she wants to do. And I know that is time to gut, gut the, the sacred cow. That sounded amazing. It sounded perfect on my end. Right? It sounded absolutely in sync. Take it away, Lana. Okay. So I feel like I got to start out by saying... I initially enjoyed this movie when I first saw it in theaters 2012. I think because I liked the singing, I liked the music. It was cool to watch them to get kind of a behind the scenes of acapella, if that makes sense. Because Mm -hmm. when I was in college, acapella was kind of a big deal. We had acapella groups that would sell out like our lecture halls or whatever our theaters and like you know there were a bunch on campus and they they were their own subculture but it was it wasn't lame exactly you know what i mean (laughs) Uh, not lame exactly uh which is how the movie positions it as well so i feel like i you know i went to uh at my college um the the male acapella group was called the y chromes i i went to some y chromes parties i listened to their music so i i got it you know, whatever. But that being said, uh, I feel like also at the time I like was aware of K. I knew who Kay Cannon was, who wrote the movie 30 Rock Writer. And it kind of felt like, oh, this is her Mean Girls because Mean Girls was also based on a book. And I was like, this is how she transitions into movies. Cool. Fine. Uh, that being said, in the last few years, anytime I would catch it or think about it, I'd be like, yikes, especially because they made <laughs> They made two more of them. There are three of these movies. And a TV uh, show. At, there's a TV. Are you talking about Glee? Nope. There's nope. a t- there's a TV show based off of Bumper. Oh, you're right. I forgot. It goes to Peacock. Germany. I watched the first episode. That wow. is what I, we all want to see Adam <laughs> Devine <laughs> a, as this character go to Germany. Why not? I love to live in 2023. Um, anyway. <laughs> All right. But from the beginning, immediately, this movie comes out 
so nasty in a way that like is perfectly 2012 and that it's like ironic racism and ironic (laughs) sexism like immediately with her roommate who she's so hostile to who like is an asian woman kimmy Jin, and like we're at one point later on it doesn't get more of an asian name than that one by the way (laughs) yeah i'm jumping ahead a little bit you know, yeah, they, she doesn't talk. If she does talk, she's aggressive. We're supposed to feel bad when she calls Anna Kendrick the white girl. Why? Why would I feel sorry for that for Anna Kendrick in this situation? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like it, it's just insane. And literally, Anna Kendrick starts with going no English. Yes, English. Just tell me where you're at with English. Like it, incredibly like offensive. And I don't think I. This movie, 2012, I think we were past that by then. And I want to say also, I don't know if something happened with the studio where they said, be more racist, be more sexist. I don't know. But uh, it's upsetting to watch. But I I also wrote, (laughs) I hate that Ben Platt is maybe the funniest part of this movie uh, because I don't know if you're familiar with his work or not. Oh, yeah, big Broadway store. He's won won a Tony. Yes. Uh, speaking you, of, wow, look at you digging on that knowledge side of that. My wife is a huge Broadway fan. Oh boy, my my condolences <laughs> to, you, to you. Mine as well. Um, so, because uh, speaking of speaking of unleashing people on the world, I was telling a friend about this, and she said this is the movie that unleashed Ben Platt on the world. It but is. <laughs> I, I do think he is kind of funny in it. If I'm going to be honest, the magic thing is one of the few comedy bits. That I think is kind of fun, whatever. But I wrote down, I wrote, she's so cool. Like Anna Kendrick is supposed to be so cool, so alt because she wants to be a DJ. One of the arguably, arguably the lamest things a person could want to be, you know? (laughs) Uh, And I guess this is at a time when DJs were becoming in the culture. But I don't want to sit there and watch her mash up. Uh, I would walk 500 miles with bulletproof. Also, one of the worst smash-ups I've heard in my life. <laughs> when you take uh, I would walk 500 miles, I'm already out. That song yeah. is terrible. That song is trash. Oh, I'm halfway I hate gone. you. Shut your mouth. Um, you like I, that I hope that microphone explodes. I love it. <laughs> so are you telling me like you you have a special affinity in your heart for that episode of How I Met Your Mother where they had the car, the cassette stuck in the car? I didn't, playing I didn't that watch song? the show. I oh, really? But I wasn't I was in Ireland in a bar. And they started playing that song and the entire bar almost exploded. I'd rather have exploded the Chumba Wumbas. I get knocked down, <laughs> but I get up again because both songs are equally dumb. But anyway, oh. to each his own. That's fine. I'm sorry, Lana. It just, we just okay. have a little tangent okay. here. Um, uh, I just like it's so funny that we're supposed to believe she's so cool. She's so disaffected because she has some piercings in her ears and she wears a lot of <laughs> eyeliner. Like, come on. It's so lame. Her, she has her tattoos. Dad, yeah, she has. She has a lot of tattoos for an 18 year old. I did notice that um, An 18 year old going on 35. Yeah, um, her dad is hot. I, I felt the need to say that. Oh, <laughs> I was right. distracted. I was like, wow, he's like he's good looking. Um. But it's just like, oh, I wrote, I need to get a job and move to L.A. and start paying my dues. He's in her room, but they are also in Exposition Central. Um, (laughs) Because I was like, (laughs) okay, sure. But like, it's so funny, like, because like she doesn't 
and it's fine. I know this movie doesn't have to talk to us about like, what classes is she taking? You know what I mean? What classes are any of them taking? And I get that that's not important in a way, but they make college look really not fun. You know, they, they don't <laughs> go to so parties. True. Really. There's nothing in there that's, oh my God, that's a great point. It's all just, a, it's, it's boring as shit. At least Animal House, another uh, PCU, another uh, old school. Oh, PCU is such a great movie. Fun, you know, fun shit is abound. This is almost like it's a fucking morgue. Yeah. Um, like, it's just like, not, I don't know. There's something about it. Like, I feel like it's not, it, it's not. Fun. Yeah, like it's not fun, like the way they go to college, the way and I know it's supposed to be like stressful or whatever what they're doing, but it's not a, any kind of joy to watch them, really, especially because the whole character's whole thing is that she doesn't want to be doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and also it's so weird to me. Skylar, they start college and Skylar Aston is immediately obsessed with her. Immediately. Yeah. Oh, I have notes on that. And he spends a whole year pursuing her. And I'm like, my guy, you're in college. Calm the fuck down. It just (laughs) feels like so exhausting. And also, I'm sorry, the cups thing. I'm sorry to whoever wrote that in. The cups thing is so stupid. And I knew about the cup game, you know, the clap, clap, whatever that you that's a game that predates this movie. But her sitting down and be like, I don't know. I don't I didn't prepare anything. I don't care about anything. I want to be a DJ is like, shut up. Like, it's not it's not really fun to watch someone who doesn't want anything really or what they want is so intangible that it's in another state, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Her her angst with, uh, as you pointed out, the hot topic esque ear piercings just didn't buy it for me. I was like, yeah, I'm not. Anna Kendrick couldn't wait to get that shit off her ears in the, uh, (laughs) in between takes like, no, 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 this is not me. And this doesn't mean that you're a badass or, you know, something of special. that's for sure. And for how mad her, she is at her dad for divorcing her mom. She never talks about her mom. Right. Like, I don't think like, she's just like, she's not, there or present she's just mad at her dad it's like not even really clear what she loves about djing either or what she loves about music because she hates everything you know and like another thing she doesn't like movies which is one of the most insane qualities for a person to have to just straight up not like movies Amen, sister. Yeah. Hence our <laughs> podcast about films. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so weird to not like have any just and then so okay, so the whole movie is so mean. They're like making fun of Cynthia Rose, like they're saying she's a lesbian, whatever, that sort of thing. They're like, you know, the other Asian woman doesn't speak at an audible volume for almost the whole movie. You know, it just feels so mean spirited in a way that like i feel like it's like girls can hate each other too i don't know it just doesn't feel like any character is treated i guess except anna kendrick like with care in a way if that makes sense true yeah yeah and and so okay so i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit because i feel like what really does it for me in a way is like she says to her dad like it does like I I like these girls and I'm like based on what 
<laughs> None of you seem to get along. There's one scene where you sing party in the USA. Otherwise, you fight all the time. And we never see you hang out or build camaraderie, really. You know? I, I couldn't agree more. It, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. All right. I'll, I'm saving it for my notes. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. I'll get yeah. that. So, I'm, I'm just, Kevin's, yeah. Kevin's itching. <laughs> so I guess what I will say, what I do feel like works for me about this movie is I do think Skylar Aston is very good in it. He's very charming, very well cast. I feel bad that the thing I'm pointing to is the guy. Um, and I get that there's like, you know, it's good to have some physical broad comedy, but it feels like so broad, you know? And like, I feel like, because I recently rewatched The House Bunny. Have either of you oh seen that? Oh my God, I saw that once. I've never. Yeah. So, Who was that? Another, Anna Ferris. Yeah. Another college campus movie from this era that I think achieves what this movie would like to achieve. It's very she, fun. She very moved in silly. with like nerds, right? Yeah, she moves in with it. She's like, had been a Playboy bunny. She moves yeah. in with these girls who are losers and helps them yeah, to become right. popular. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the comedy that they achieve in that movie, which I'm sure not all of it holds up perfectly, it feels more silly and fun and has more heart than this movie does. Because, yeah, it feels like it feels like kind of bleak in a way, if that makes sense. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. I and agree. I get and I get, you know, the stakes are set up really well. Her dad wants her to try something. You know, she has to try if she has to try. If it doesn't work, she can go to L.A. Fine. I get that. But then it's like it makes no sense that she doesn't even. Yeah. Like care that much about classes at all. Studying maybe like music theory. I don't know. It feels strange. That part feels a little strange to me, I guess. I feel like they I mean, they almost have bunked out of their classes. But um, but one thing I think that's really interesting about this movie is that, uh, well, because this is uh, fun facts. Skylar Astin and Anna Camp were married. They got divorced, but they met on this movie and they got married, got divorced. And then a bunch of them still seem to hang out. So I wonder if they kept making these just because the cast seemed to have a good time. Like for as not fun it is as it is to watch it, I guess they had fun. And maybe I want to say, nice. sorry, I'm, I want to yeah. say that I saw like the making of the second one or an interview with someone, and they actually kind of alluded to that. They were like, yeah. "We all got along so good, even if it's not good, it's we have fun with each other." Yeah. So I, I, I don't think you're that far off the mark. Yeah. You know, you know, Kevin Israel, you've made it an absolute abundance of watching shitty movies on Netflix that are like made for Netflix films. But you've just re-raised and pushed all your chips in the middle of the pot when you said, oh, wait till I, I watch the making of wait, this movie. Wait till I get means, to my notes, Kev. Wait till I get my Which means you have zero regard for time and I'm flummoxed <laughs> by this. Continue. Yeah. Please. Yeah. So I think I, I just felt like there were a lot of unnecessary drive-bys in the movie in terms of comments they make towards people that felt unnecessary, not fun mean-spirited but i do feel like it's that 2012 era of comedy you know when it, like that kind of it like, makes me feel so old to hear you say that doesn't 2012 like like way back in 2012 there were 
we had oh. horses and buggies and we were racists. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We, we, we make that joke, but I, I wrote this down. I'll cheat to one section of my notes. She's got a goddamn Bluetooth little thing. Yeah. I said when she was exercising, I said yeah. that to my wife. <laughs> and, and, and they have and they have not not flip phones, but like the razors or whatever. Yes. Like, she had a Blackberry. She was black, she that's was, it. She was killing on a Blackberry. Yeah, it's right before iPhone. I go, oh, yeah. she, one of them had an this, iPhone. Somebody pulled out it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's the first iPhone. <laughs> okay. Because no. I'm sitting oh. there going, yeah, that's how I was like, oh, I thought this movie fell until I did the research. Like, oh, I thought it was more recent than 2012. But I was like, this is 11 years old already. God damn, we are getting old fast, Kevin Israel. Yeah. Uh, I feel it every day. I like that you always say his first and last name. Even though clearly you wouldn't mean yourself, you know. What I mean? <laughs> there are two Kevins on this podcast, but yes. Um, but she, and also the other thing with Anna Camp throwing up everywhere. I'm yeah. like, oh. like I get that it's not supposed to be funny, but I'm like that girl doesn't eat enough to have that much vomit in her body. <laughs> I don't, think. you know. Like there were just so many like little things that I was like, I'm bummed. Like I don't feel good. I feel bummed out, and like. I I feel like um, in terms of the music, uh, I was like, I hope I, yeah. I just want to say back to that throw up point. You make a great point because you're right. That's about two crave cases from White Castle's worth of vomit there. <laughs> That's not like an Akai smoothie, which she can only have one and a half of those per day yeah. to for sustenance. Yeah, no, it was like that. that and also I was like, does she have a nerves thing? Because she just throws up everywhere and then they don't really address it, you know, and, until the end. And I'm like, oh, is she really nervous? But it doesn't seem like she is stage fright. She's just constantly swallowing a lot of bile, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Extreme acid reflux or something. But um, and it, and oh, one of <laughs> two other things I will say, I didn't realize that Kether Donahue was in this movie, who I love from You're the Worst. And She's in the very beginning. She's like the bitchy senior. Who's oh, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, great actress. Feels very wasted here. Uh, but she also was not known at all in 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 2012. And then um, also in terms of the music. Yeah, I was like, I hope I never hear this Ace of Bass song ever again. Um, yeah. And I but I do think like they did a fun thing. Like the music is fun enough. I guess they have nice voices, but like the, trying to get all of us into like the idea of mashups is very funny. But uh, yeah, I, I like how you listen. Bad news. If you ever have any kind of streaming service, you're going to hear commercials that feature the signs that you can't skip past. Yeah, oh. God, I hate it. That song it. is ubiquitous, yeah. going nowhere. <laughs> Every time my son wants to watch a different YouTube video, I have to watch that commercial. <laughs> yeah, oh. mine. That's all I know too. My daughter, exactly. Yeah. Uh, does that do it, Lana Schwartz, or is there anything else? I, I think that's it for now. Okay. I, I I might have things that come to mind as both of you. Sure. Give, things, me, but... give me give me a number one to ten. Your thoughts on this film? God, you just swallowed a big burp. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like on, I feel like a three. I three. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like I it. Really don't. I oh, don't Kevin know. Israel just tipped his hand on this one. Well, let's go right to the guy who has a bad poker face. Kevin Israel, let's hear it, pal. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So this is a this is a weird one for me to review for for a variety of reasons. First of all, this is the least amount of notes I've ever taken on any movie. And I'm not a I'm not I don't Oh shit. Goatee writes out like the Magna Carta in notes <laughs> and I usually just write some bullets. I took very few notes on this. I also want to take a step back and give an give an idea of of the lens I'm looking at this movie through. I was a as a many many of the listeners know and if you don't, I was a marching band nerd for most of my high school career i was almost went into it in college until the friends i quickly made in college like literally physically stopped me from joining the marching band in college um so but so like i get this kind of this Mm -hmm. this sort of community they're trying to build and how insular it is and like once you have this big group of people who might be like social rejects but they had there's enough of them that they just build a wall around themselves and they go, well, we don't care what you think of us because we all think we're cool. And that's so I kind of I kind of get it that like the the irony that like what we might look at and be like, these are weird, like they're so into this. This is so weird, but they don't care because there's enough of them that they get to live in their own little ecosystem. So I kind of get what this movie is, what the movie is building. Um, I also have a real weakness for movies about singing or dancing. <laughs> because to me, they're superpowers. I can't sing and I can't dance. And I'm so hyper aware of it at all time. Like when dancing breaks out in a wedding, I get I get like physically nervous because I know I'm such a bad dancer. So whenever there's a movie about like dancing or singing, I'm always like, well, they might as well be X-Men because those like I that that's a power that doesn't even exist within me. So like like movies like Stomp the Yard or uh, or 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 The Last Dance. Those are good uh, movies. <laughs> yeah. But 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 my like anytime that's a th- like I'm just I, I'm just immediately even drum and I was a drummer, even drumline. Like I just watch it and I'm like, ah, this is like watching somebody like have a skill or learn a skill and get better. There's just something immediately appealing to me about that. So this movie, I I knew about acapella because I'd seen it once in college. And I remember we had to go to some it was some presentation of something and the school. And mind you, this is 1997. And the group came out and they started singing. And I remember looking at my friend standing next to me and going, I guess the system must be broken and they're not using the instruments. <laughs> and he goes, I think it's supposed to be like this. And I was like, why? Like it made no sense. So that was, I mean, I really had no exposure to acapella, but I think I saw this in the theater. I, I think I went on a date and saw this in a the theater. Uh, I, I know you. I know you threw that. I was on a date just to make it up. Well, so it wasn't I like I went you. by myself. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I got to see this movie, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure hey I guys, saw Guys, it. it's my birthday, guys. <laughs> Group effort. Come on. Hey, dudes, before we go to the bar, let's all go watch Pitch Perfect. But, um, and I got to tell you, in my recollection, up till last night when I rewatched this movie, I always remember really liking this movie. <laughs> And I've anytime it's on cable, I'll always flip over to it and watch a scene or two and then, you know, turn away from it. And this is the other weird, my weird experience with this movie. In my mind, Lana, I don't know if you've if you heard this description on our podcast before. 
we this to me passed the remote test which is Kevin Goatee coined it is any movie where when it's on, you just stop and you can watch it from any point. And the, but what I didn't realize is this doesn't pass the remote test. Cause while I'll watch a scene or two, I'll never watch the whole movie through because the only scenes I like in this movie are the scenes where there's music. Because I really do think it's I do think the idea of of the acapella and creating music with just your voices and, and especially the, the end performance. And I also like the, um, that weird game they play in the middle that my wife told me last night is apparently a uh, improv game that they turned into an acapella game, which I had no idea. Um, so I always think that I I liked this movie. Like I always really think that I like this movie. I probably haven't watched this movie from start to finish since I saw it the first time. And so watching it last night, I was stunned because this is a fucking terrible movie. It's so bad. It's so bad for all of the reasons that movies are bad. And listen, I I get your point about it being mean. That didn't strike out to me, I guess, because I'm an asshole. But um, I and you know what? To your point, I guess if it, it it's almost it's almost not mean enough. Like I think if a movie is going to be a mean movie, yeah. lean into it. Be a really shitty, like make the people really shitty. Yeah. This was more almost like throw, like to me, like you called out the the, the stuff with the Asians. There were like three anti-Semitic jokes in the movie that and it was too. just like casual. And then she's like, I'm growing in my Jew locks. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? How did that, how did they, the writers were like, you know what? Yeah. In Hollywood, this is going to do really the deaf Jew. Like what? Like was why? Still, deaf, deaf Jew wasn't anti-Semitic. Come on. But it was just such no, a weird. The, the part that was not good, not the deaf Jew part itself, when she he tries to say shalom. Oh, when he goes, that's not a word. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. that was that, in a, that yeah. was in a Semitic part. Yeah, yeah. that's the line. The, yeah. The screenwriters probably go, hey, you know what? Remember when Barat made fun of Jews for 90 minutes? We can do that with a fat girl <laughs> from Australia for 45 seconds. Go. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just so awkward. And the story itself and Lana, you pointed out a lot of it is pieced together so badly with so many holes. First of all, I joked about it a second ago and, and they do this in almost every college movie. They all look like they're in their thirties, <laughs> but like offensively. Uh, old. Come on, Kev, you knew, I, know. I mean, <laughs> I know. Yeah. You knew that was coming. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's, it's ridiculous. The, um, the male lead, the, the, the love interest, whose name I'm blanking on. Skylar Aston. Skylar Aston is like his hair is receding like he's <laughs> yes he's he's a he's 36 in this like he's old By everybody the way, that, looks that, that's a perfect like gay porn name skylar yeah, it, is, it is really a good a s s t i n um yeah ben platt looks and, and ben platt even has a baby face but he still looks too old to be in college it's it's all it, that's all bad my other the one of my the biggest question that I had when I was watching it, I kept looking at my wife and I went, it makes no sense. Why did Skylar Aston join acapella? He made fun of it the entire time. He made fun of it to Ben Platt's character. He made and then just suddenly he shows up at the auditions with no explanation why. And then just becomes a like a member of it and stop shitting on it. There's no, there's just like everything. The characters are set up to do. They do the opposite. And you're, it's like, don't ask why this is just because the plot needs to move forward. It's, and it's ridiculous. There's no, there's no chemistry between anybody in this movie. And there's just so many random things. Like when, um, when, uh, 
the uh, I didn't, I'm just blanking on everybody's name right now. Australian girl goes up to bumper Rebel Wilson. That's Rebel so Wilson. That's, I know two names. That's one of the two. <laughs> when fat Rebel Amy, Fat Amy, yeah, yeah. When when Fat Amy goes up to bumper in the w- initiation part and is like, and that he's like, so I guess we're gonna kiss. It was like you just called her the most disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I get that it was supposed to be like either he was if he was supposed to be drunk, he was playing a terrible drunk. And if it was supposed to be like, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say this, but I kind of want to make out with you. That also wasn't communicated. It's just all these weird like character development it's it's so just so fucking weird this is the i i I apologize i just i watched this and i was like i have nothing no notes to take about this because it was so bad the uh, the two um who were supposed to be like the best in class judges fucking what's her name she made the movie elizabeth banks elizabeth banks and what's his name yeah they (laughs) their commentary some of it was the best parts of the movie when she said her group's name was the minstrel cycles. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's the best line. That was the best line in this movie. Yeah. And and he was pretty funny. But then there was other stuff where it was just like, ugh, it was so bad. Mm-hmm. And and it was also kind of it was also kind of mean, but not mean enough. Like if they were supposed to be assholes, make them real assholes. But instead they made them these like weird it was just like this this movie just didn't want to lean into itself. Like if you're gonna go cartoony for everybody like the whole like you said first of all i hate throw up i hate throw up mm-hmm. jokes i don't think it's funny i think it's gross but if you're gonna make somebody throw that's up, where the line is shit no, jokes, just, fart jokes are, the, are, are great fart and shit fine throw up yeah. is just disgusting wow but if you're gonna make somebody throw up like a fountain then yeah. everybody else has to live within the world of something like that being able to exist and it, yeah. and it and nobody and it wasn't like cartoonish enough it was just this movie didn't know what it wanted to be, and it stumbled through its its plot just to get to the end where you knew they were going to win. Like it was that's obviously where this was going. You were dead on about their like, why do they suddenly all become friends? Nothing happens to justify this sudden friendship when she suddenly gives her the flute or the whistle or whatever it yeah. was. It was like, why? What what happened? She didn't do anything. They didn't see anything like nothing. There was nothing to make all of this happen. And I hate movies with mm-hmm. shitty stories when the mm-hmm. story doesn't make sense. And and it's and, and Kevin's probably tired of me hearing this, of hearing me say this character but, development. Yeah, char- it's all there to me. Go. A movie's to me. A movie's all about characters. There weren't any great mm-hmm. characters in this movie, so it should have had a good enough plot. Or more music, or or and it's funny. One of you called this a musical. I wouldn't call this movie a musical, mm-hmm. um, but it should have had more music. That was the best part of the movie was mm-hmm. the was the music and watching them make acapella mashups. Should have had more of that and less of the shitty plot that didn't make sense and anybody didn't care about. I'll end with this, and this is what makes me feel very old. Lana, you called her father hot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is going on in the world these days. But I was I was brought up in the 80s and I was raised and Kevin and I were raised with a very specific understanding of what is an attractive <laughs> man in our head and that's that's no fault of ours. It's what it was breeding. Mm-hmm. The people that women suddenly find <laughs> attractive it's just mind numbing to me. I had a I had a I had a, a legitimate heated debate with a, mm-hmm. a girl this week who's I think in her later 20s about Pete Davidson being hot. Oh, she's are you shitting me? And she and doesn't know he has no, a yeah, no, he has a, 
if he has a, if the chief doesn't know he has a horse cock, there's well, he no, obviously, obviously okay, he has but, a hammer. Uh, that's fine, but there's no. You can. She, there, it is insurmountable argument to make. Kev, I wish I, I wish I, I wish I videotaped this. You this should have called discussion. me and they're like Mariana Rivera. <laughs> she, she was like, you know, and she was like genuinely, and I was like, wait, handsome, and she's like, oh yeah, if you put him in a suit, he's handsome. I was like, he's not handsome. He's like George Clooney is handsome. He's not handsome. He looks like if you like want to say he looks like a feral meek rat. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I just, Meerkat, I just want to, I just want to say to the three women that listen to this podcast <laughs> what the fuck is happening okay. because i'm i feel like i'm in a, a lost ship in a giant sea of misunderstanding and i spent 37 years of my life in the gym for no reason i quickly have to say me finding the dad in pitch perfect hot is not the same thing as that girl thinking Pete Davidson is hot. And I, I disagree. To, and they, are, <laughs> they are extremely different types of men. And I think I have to admit that I watched Dirty Dancing as a child and had a crush on Jerry Orbach. So like, oh my is, god, you got daddy issues. No, that's the weird thing. <laughs> My dad and I, my dad um, is not absent at all. <laughs> I would have, I would have fucked Patrick Swayze in Dad, Dirty Dancing. I'm not, I'm not Goddamn Ronald Reagan in Point Break. <laughs> Bodie? Yes. I'm not saying course. he's not hot. He's extremely hot. I had a crush on Jerry. Jerry Orbach. Jerry Orbach looks like fucking Babe Ruth's glove from 1927. <laughs> he's hot. He's like oh. a good looking guy. Are you into guys and he, who look like he sells insurance and chain smokes the entire time? And he, he, gave, he gave that girl the abortion she needed. <laughs> okay. So do doctors. We have to sleep with all your doctors. Nothing sexier than birth oh. control. Jerry Orbach, even his wife didn't find him hot when he was alive. Kevin, don't discount preventative medicine. If, if, if my doctor looked like Jerry Orbach, I would fuck him if I had a male doctor. You would just slide right out of those stirrups <laughs> of Jerry Orbach? Absolutely. I, I'm, I stand by my I stand by my statement. I'm I, so confused with what's going on in the world. And I'm using okay, Lana. I'm, Lana, is, you are the test case for all women <laughs> Right now, How, wait. I hold on, and I I know I should answer this. And if you don't want to answer, ask you this. But I know if you don't want to answer. How old are you? How old am I? I'm 33. Okay, so you're you're yeah, you're significantly younger than us. Okay, yes, but yeah. I I think I I have weird taste. Is my point? You don't I see. Say. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I Jerry think... Orbach is fucking weird. Okay, that's Cole, that's weird. That you see, no, that is no, that's weird. weird. But I feel. I I genuinely feel. And Koti, you can fucking edit this all out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like the standard of what makes a man hot has evolved into something that I can't wrap my head around. And I feel like the like the train has left the station, and I'm just standing there going, "Where my luggage was on that?" I think Pete Davidson is like. I I don't like feel about him the way other women do, but I think that's not like a new thing. It's like wild card, weirdo, damaged, you know what I mean? damaged yeah. goods. I, that's I, what it is. The broken the, wing on the sparrow. You're gonna the, mend him up. Yeah, it's See, the classic. And I, I can fix him. I made that argument in this discussion, mm-hmm. and she said, "No, he's hot." 
if he's because like, physically I, physically hot now this is what i do with guys with women who have, who have subjective i mean it's all subjective we all know that but who make questionable choices like some for example someone says natalie portman is hot i go no she's not if she natalie portman is hot what is Sama Hayek? What is Emily Redzikowski? What is Halle Berry? Because that's hot. If you want to say Natalie Portman is cute, sure, knock yourself out. But you can't use that same word for that. I Pete Davidson a- is not in the same category as George fucking Clooney. Yeah, I think it's a branding thing because I think like you would say Natalie Portman is beautiful or pretty, pretty. but I don't know. Yeah. But I sure. think it's different how she also has always positioned herself. Yeah, I too. Right. I think Fair. that. Yeah. I but think I, if you grabbed a hundred dudes and they said, and you said, "Give me your top ten hottest," Natalie Portman maybe makes mm. one of their lists. Does not have that. Boy, we went off on a fucking. Anywho, list. sorry about that. Sorry about Evan that. Israel, give me a number. Uh, four. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com where all the aforementioned merch you can find. And what the hell? Leave us a five-star rating, two or three-sentence review. We appreciate that. And to advertise, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Notes! Acapella groups, improv troops, Eagles fans, and New York drivers who stay in the left-hand lane doing 55 miles an hour in the Jersey Turnpike. That's the four horsemen of the apocalypse for me. Fair. I feel like I need to take a shower after watching a male <laughs> group. <laughs> and ironically, I wrote this down. You can put Anna Kendrick in that same category as Natalie Portman and Emma Stone, cute and sprightly with a weird overbite. Yeah, I, 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 I think there's something about her that I find more attractive than the other two. But anyway, a Star Wars roommate seems about as much fun as a Star Trek roommate, except the Star Wars roommate would get laid more. Ha! Sick burn! Take that, tricky <laughs> nerds! <laughs> Anna Kendrick in real life love looks like she loves bragging that she does not own a TV. <laughs> I hate Something, people. Oh, you know, the worst. Like you jump behind enemy lines and were shot down over the fucking par- the 55th parallel, wherever that is. No, you're not a hero, assholes. <laughs> Something tells me Kevin Israel's fraternity regularly did acapella showcases. Something tells me we did not. <laughs> Ten minutes in, and there are no black people at this college. Okay, that's real. There, there was one, and she was a lesbian. Well, we got to that later. I can only imagine if these acapella dorks started jazz handing in front of the black fraternity, they would get their unicycles wrapped around their necks <laughs> and their pitch pipe jammed into their pharynx. Rebel Wilson looks like Jonah Hill in a wig. <laughs> That's... But but I, but I wish the both of them would start a breakdancing duo and make the long-awaited sequel, Breaking 3, Electric Boogaloo, again. Mm. <laughs> Becca's dad, a.k.a. Lana Schwartz's wet dream, <laughs> looks like a poor man's Brian Cranston to me. That's great. I would take that any day. Yeah, I mean, that's a great, White. a great call. Great call. Thank you. Two naked girls in the shower and then breaking into duet is not how most of the films that I end up watching start out with when you see two naked girls in a shower. In fact, there's never any singing. In fact, even one time, two of these girls also had one cup. But Kevin still does end up like titanium. (laughs) McLovin is in this. Where the hell has he been in? Oh, that's a great point. 
That's a great point. Yeah. I can actually tell you where he is right now. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I I assume besides featured at the bottom of a bunch of discounted DVDs in the Walmart bins. (laughs) Wait, where where is is he he now? Where is he been? He's um on this reality show about um like could you survive on Mars? It's called Stars on Mars. Oh boy. It's like a bunch of celebrities are on it. Like Lance Armstrong is on it. Lance Armstrong won Mm -hmm. cheated and won Porter Francis. McLovin? Oh. I think I think he's on it, or maybe he was just like visiting it. I don't know. It's like <laughs> special guest star, McLovin. Yeah. yeah. And because I didn't um, take good notes, that's it's a great point, Kev, because he shows up in the beginning. Uh-huh. And then I think at some point in the middle, and then it, there's no explanation as to who he is, why he's there, why he's involved with the acapella thing, who his heavy set seemingly, I guess, gay friend is. Yes. <laughs> like I don't know, like what I don't nothing. Those characters may serve no purpose. I assume that the editor needed to trim scenes and a lot of his shit ended up on the cutting room floor in which that the case. We didn't need McLovin at all. Right. Because everyone's going to stop and go McLovin and that's it. And then lose the next five yeah. to 10 seconds of dialogue until the theater quiets down. Uh, do I want to go in this story? Not really. The the same guy. I didn't write these character these actors names down because I don't care. The same guy who keeps falling for Becca looks like Dane Cook, but has less <laughs> facial pockmarks and is much funnier than Dane Cook. <laughs> Everyone went nuts o- over the cup song. I've I've never seen this before. By the way, I've never seen this film. Oh. I was very much underwhelmed. I have seen dudes bang on tar buckets at the Union Square subway station that were more talented than Anna Kendrick flipping around doing flip cup with a song. There's an entire music video based off of that, by the way. Guess who's never going to watch it? Don't. Don't. Don't do it. Kevin Israel, I know your weakness, and that's I believe it. Your weakness is character development. Mine, as you know, a shopping or training montage. (laughs) But God damn it, not a singing and voguing montage. Minus one. The guy following Becker around is creepy like the Ducky from Pretty in Pink character. At least this guy is more charmed than that rape whistle named Ducky. Jesus. The riff-off scene must have had every theater nerd splooging in their pants. This is as bad as a dance-off between the Sharks and the Jets. Hopefully these acapella dorks have a shank to liven things up. Oh, wait, they didn't. Every time Anna Kendrick smiles, she looks like she's sneakily letting out a fart. <laughs> Very awkward smile. Kevin Israel, you hate bad uh, character development. You know what I hate even more? Formulaic storytelling. This is as formulaic as a Police Academy sequel was. Ugh. I'll get <laughs> that in a second. You talked about the play-by-play. I was so, thank God you didn't get because this was one of my major points. Bob Euchre needs to be hired for every wise-ass play-by-play role, no matter what the scene or sport or thing is. No one did it better than Bob Euchre. Elizabeth Banks and the watered-down Fred Willard have the same comedy punch duo as Daniel Day-Lewis and Gloria Allred. They were terrible. Oh, look, we got the tiny guy from the state and the black guy from the scrubs in a fight scene. Tell me you were not expecting a dance off, but instead we got lazy writing. <laughs> no, I forgot all about that scene. That was mm-hmm. terrible. Beck, all right, ready for that doesn't happen. Becca's dad comes to bail her out in the middle of the night, as he said, but he's wearing a button up shirt, sweater <laughs> and blazer for someone who's just 
probably sleeping or at the worst watching TV. He's dressed like he's about to teach philosophy 102. That doesn't happen. Or 201. I got that fucked up. As a betting man, I'm pretty confident that the leader of a male acapella group doesn't have the athletic prowess to bullseye someone with a burrito while in a moving car. <laughs> I expect something along the lines of a Lamar Luttrell throw, to be if we're being completely honest here. And what was the point of that? None. Like, like it just happens, and then nothing, and then she's clean. <laughs> Right. So then she has that little spot behind her ear. Like there's, it's nothing. It's no save it. Oh, okay. That's again, lazy writing. Fuels my hate. All right, an all black acapella group. I'm pretty sure Drumline right here is gonna mop up these honkies, right? They did it. That doesn't happen either. By the way, black group would have smoked them. The best acting this film is by far. Far by Anna Kendrick. Why? Because she is pretending to be moved by the insufferably awful garbage breakfast club. Anyone who can muster up a fake tear for that island of garbage deserves the Oscar post haste. And even if that movie was as good as it was supposed to be, it wasn't. Was was but was it a movie that you would cry to? Like was no. it a movie that, like you would watch in the at the end be cry like not crying. That was a, yeah, anti-establishment. We yeah, got it's right. the man moment, which is why he raises his fist in the end and celebrates it. The tall brunette who looks like Liv Tyler, meow. She had my eye the entire way. Uh, and the Asian girl kind of looked like Winnie Cooper. They both had me readjusting my shorts every few minutes. Oh, boy. The most surprising element of this film, that Indian kid spitting bars. He should have more album sales than that hack DJ Khaled. That's for sure. I actually said to my wife, why haven't we heard from him again? Yeah, he was. Uh, he's, he's he's in stuff. Uh, Is he? He was. Yeah, he um he was. He's been in some other stuff, but he was in the Netflix show. Never have I ever that Mindy Kaling did. And um, he because he was in Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, rap improv group. Uh, oh, I'm was embarrassed he? that I. No, he, was, he was. Yeah. He was. He was good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's he's in some stuff. He's not in like as much as he should be for how good he is, but he's kind of around. You lost me at improv rap group. Yeah, uh, I'm sure as fans of this show, you may have an inkling that this sort of theme isn't isn't all something that your buddy KG here is going to find enjoyable. But I said, hey, let's go into this with an open mind. This is an original idea. The storylines are so blatantly diagrammed out like John Madden got in the Telestrator and diagrammed the nickel bump and run coverage. Loner girl doesn't want to be in school. Loner girl doesn't want to join the acapella group. Loner girl caves in and joins the acapella group for no apparent reason. Comedy support from the fat girl. Surprise. Loner girl wants to mix things up, but the uptight Kristen Bell stunt double won't let her change things, who pukes inexplicably. <laughs> Lo dork keeps falling around loner girl but she's not interested loner girl finally caves for dork we need we need some antagonistic elements so let's have the loner girl quit the band oh wait the magic nerd roommate gets a shot gee let's take a wild guess and see if this guy comes out at nationals and puts on an olivier-esque performance do you think it's gonna happen it does and then, oh, Lona Girl realizes she's being a bitch and apologizes. They implement the changes that Lona Girl wants, and they win! This was the most paint-by-numbers plot I have seen. 
I don't know how many films I've watched in the last 20 years, but it's a lot. This I've laughed harder reading the Ezra Miller testimonies than I did for this film. Save the funniest person in this film, the magic nerd. God, he was he was enjoyable. And Rebel Wilson, as much as I just I've never seen her in anything. I've just seen her in clips that go, I'm gonna fucking hate her. Not bad. Not bad in this. Not great. Not great, but not as much as I thought I would be annoyed. The, the this is what angered me the most. And Israel, you touched on this before. The missed opportunities from Elizabeth Banks and the watered down Fred Willard. That who looks who looks like his cousin got in a car accident. This was the chance you had a uh, you had every opportunity to fire in real quality jokes in one after another. Boom, 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 boom. Be as mean as you want to. Fire away. Be that Bob Euchre with the one liners. Everyone quotes. These were just punchless bitch slaps. And I was even confused with one of the attempts. Like she calls him out for being misogynistic. All right, guys are better than girls at acapella. Wait a minute. Last I checked, I'm pretty sure girls would be better than acapella than guys are. That didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. The puke scene was so meh. <laughs> I mean, that there is nothing to that. She makes snow angels. I mean, have everybody puking on each other like mm -hmm. Sandlot where they're on the scrambler. All right. <laughs> I can see that. That's fine. Next thing, this is a as close to as a musical as it gets. You'd think the 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 song selection would be high caliber. Nope. One song ago, all right, was no diggity, no doubt. <laughs> I had to say that when I go. I'm singing the entire way. Oh. The rest of the songs completely blasé. Can I say one thing? Sorry, oh, just wait. one. Just one. Um, that reminded me. I want to say earlier, Anna Kendrick loves to rap, and that's why she raps in like all her movies, and that's oh, why that's they right. have that. And I was like, "Oh gosh, great song!" But I don't know that I need Anna Kendrick to have her excuse to rap. Okay, sorry. Uh, Anna Kendrick, uh, she got broken up with by somebody, but that's a good reason why to find out that she <laughs> raps. But that's an easily Bill Hader was dating her. I guess her dropping bars made Bill Hader go, I'm just going to make Barry and have sex with everybody else. <laughs> I uh, Listen, we all know my rule with comedies. You better have a ton of jokes to mask a garbage plot. But since there is an absence of jokes, this plot should be earthquake-proof, and it's not. The formulaic aspects drove me nuts. It, I've seen Beavis and Butthead episodes with more twists in their storylines than this one. I tried to give this film a chance, and I didn't think it, it would stink as bad as it did, but it's still not good. I also give it a 4 out of 10. Yuck. Fair We're enough. all nodding in uh, agreement. Well, here we go, fellas and lady. Fella and lady. Critics, five-star reviews. Pitch Perfect combines the tuneful underdog triumphs of Glee with the sassiness of Bridesmaids to produce a sweet-sending, wickedly funny movie. If you mention the words of the show Glee and sassiness in the same review, I'm going to wager that you did not have a Pam Anderson Baywatch poster on your wall while growing up. <laughs> Pitch Perfect isn't always on key, but it's more impressive than a good karaoke performance, enough to provide laughs and entertainment. No. Feels like a pretty low bar. It's better than watching someone do karaoke. 
Best karaoke performance. You ever see Chappelle's show where he marries Oprah? That is great karaoke, where he sings <laughs> the Jefferson, Jefferson's theme. <laughs> Rattles through its routine sports underdog plot with witty banter, great singing, and plenty of verve and energy. Nope. Verve. <laughs> verve. Great band, but a shitty adjective in this spot. Mm. Both acerbic and friendly in a way that gives it bite without giving it too much edge. Acerbic? Really? I think you said it best with Mingus. Yeah. Again, they love to use these words that don't always apply in the context with which they write these stupid reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Some of the jokes feel a little forced, and while it takes a while, while it takes a while, excuse me, to get your head around the casual racism for laughs and off-the-wall stereotypes. The multitude of references to the to the Breakfast Club backfires in a major way, but it's a worthwhile lesson. Sorry, but it's a worthwhile lesson to burgeoning filmmakers. Don't evoke John Hughes. Don't. <laughs> I I say do it. John Hughes batted five hundred. He whipped out a lot of films, especially Dennis the Menace. Ugh. Ugh. Never saw it. Just kidding. As far as the so-called humor goes, this person used O U R to finish off humor, so we know where this is going to go. We're operating on a sliding scale from lazy to downright offensive. Mm -hmm. I was offensively boring, but yeah. Pitch Perfect isn't particularly bad, but it isn't particularly anything. And that's what's most disappointing about it. That so many talented people could have worked so hard to produce something so nothing. Okay. Mm. Amazon five-star reviews. Let's just say this. I think I, sorry, start over. Let's just say I needed this. I think someone meant to type this in as their Amazon review for an enema kit, not yeah. it's perfect. I'm not a Ron Swanson, but I am a beer drinking, boot wearing, steak eating, diehard loving guy. In other words, I was pretty much not the target audience for this film, but enough of my lady friends convinced me to give it a shot. I got these girls in the Sons of Anarchy and Spartacus respectively, so I figured I owed them to take it on their word. I love this film for a variety of reasons. I remember seeing the trailer and rolling my eyes and assuming it was something terrible, glee, some terrible Glee-era product trying to capitalize on success. And honestly, it could have been, but that still did not attract my enjoyment. Signed, Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> so tough and not so tough, guys. Give this one a shot with your partner's spouses. I like they put partners first because they're going to insinuate that a lot of gay, the only gay people are going to watch us primarily. At least you'll get some brownie points, and you may even enjoy yourself. Heck, the Greenbacker's offensive line sure did, and it landed themselves in a movie spot because of it. What? <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I do, uh, there might be cameos. I think in the, the third one, DJ Khaled is in it. Another reason. Okay. <laughs> Another one. The third one. <laughs> My daughter, 12 years old, turning 13 in March 2013, asked, kept asking to watch this movie. She had seen it over some friend's house before, as well as hearing about it in school. She had spent the night same age. Her friend, sorry, her, she had a friend spend the night same age. So I decided to see if it was available on Amazon.com Prime. Even though it was not a free video, I did not mind the price as is always ex less expensive to rent a video from Amazon.com than it is to rent one via the on-demand feature from Comcast. I ordered it, started, started, started playing it, and went over to my computer to apply my uh, headphones, parentheses, Bose AR-15, which I also bought on Amazon.com, and, 
And turn hoping up, for a sponsorship deal. Wait, oh wait, <laughs> and turn up some of my music so I didn't have to sit through the bunch of current quote top forty teeny bopper music. How wrong I was. This this movie has tons of eighties and nineties music. Most of it remixed and remixed nicely. Does this person have a brand agreement with all those companies they named? <laughs> this review reminds you of those magazines you would order, and like eighteen subscription <laughs> cards would fall out as you shook the magazine around. Amazon one star reviews. This movie went for the cheapest last possible at every turn. Okay, sometimes I laughed, but much much of the time I was horrified that I was letting my middle schoolers watch it. And yes, that is the target audience. My daughter said she was the last kid among her friends to see that. Well, consider yourself lucky that you spared your daughter this garbage. <laughs> As I explained to my ninth grade son who thought it was hilarious. What? I have another conversation. It's possible to make a stupid movie with cheap laughs that also has some character development and a worthwhile message such as, the Benchwarmers or Dodgeball, <laughs> which which he has coerced me to watch. I never, I never saw that one. Dodgeball is terrible, though, by the way. Boy, which he has coerced me to watch, and I liked it better than I expected. Signed, the director of the movie Blank Man. That one, Blank man. man. Remember wow. that one? I had to go I, deep. I never saw it. I didn't either, but... The movie follows a well-trodden path, but instead of coming up with a fresh approach or truly funny bits or sharp dialogue, it it simply tries to recreate what has been done better. In doing so, it lays itself open to deserved criticism for being just a come-lately copycat. And the music could have been a lot better and should be given that it is a musical, a boring, pathetic, embarrassingly incompetent movie. Wow. Next one. Hate. <laughs> last one my biggest complaint is that this movie can't decide what it wants to be is it a coming of age story is it a gross out comedy is it a competition movie is it a romantic comedy i'm all for gender benders but the switches in tone and style are so jarring that it seems like someone else has the remote and keeps changing the channel and so much of it is made out of the fact that they can compete despite not having any bass voices and they win in part because one of the girls has an injury that causes her voice to go down the bass register. Signed, Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. Okay, so noted. All right. She had That's notes. <laughs> she had I hope notes. that really was Fergie, because I'd love to hear her opinion about this movie. Kevin Israel. Actually, I'll go this one. Uh, we're going to go to our Lex session. What's funny? Who's funnier, ChatGPT or KG? So I'm going to read. I asked ChatGPT to write jokes about Pitch Perfect. Here we go. What do you call a pitch perfect sequel set in a bakery? Do re me. Oh Jesus! We're doing props now. Ah, uh, carrot top over here. Why did the lead singer of the Bard and Bellas always bring a map to their performances? Because she wanted to make sure they never ended up pitching the wrong tune. Mm. What are I you nodding? This, I hate this segment. <laughs> What do you call it when the Bard and Bellas have a dance party after winning a competition? A pitch-perfect celebration. Oh my God. I only did three of those because they gave me ten, and they, oh were, my God. And they were embarrassingly awful than the previous one. So I said, I cannot do that to you, my friends. Thank Kevin Israel, did Lana Schwartz gut that sacred cow? Lana Schwartz did gut this sacred cow. I know I would question if the how sacred this cow is, but <laughs> but if if I this is this is like just gripping to the rung of sacredness. Uh, but Lana, you did. Although I will I will say this, not to take anything away from what you did because you did a great job. But I watched this, and the movie does gut itself a little bit. 
<laughs> but I, I, I was just going to say, this movie went out the same way Michael Hutchins from In Excess decided to go out, jerking <laughs> off into a ceiling fan and hanging itself at the same time. And that's a visual. Isn't it? I love it. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Lana Schwartz, thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Thank we'll you. We'll see you all next time. Avita Zen. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.